Good evening, good evening, good evening. Welcome to the financial series with uh, Dia with Cheney, Pastor Cheney, Senior Pastor and Founder of the Renaissance Fellowship, Inc., Las Vegas, and Mr. Corey D. Moody, Certified Public Accountant, Certified Valuation Analyst. And uh, we just want to welcome you to the financial series where our talk tonight, uh, Season 2, Class 9, will be on recovery. One of the things I want to say before we begin tonight, uh, we were talking uh, before we kicked off about the level of uh, transitions and the, the, the sicknesses that are going around. And I just want to uh, allow the social media world and those of you that are streaming in, listening on Podbeam and all the other platforms to know that uh, there's a lot of uh, prayer that is needed now. We need to pray for we need prayer for uh, Mr. Moody, Corey's uh, cousin. We need prayer for a good friend of mine, Jamal Briggs, who uh, they found his brother uh, in the basement of their home in Rochester, New York. He has to funeralize his brother in Rochester, good friend of mine. Uh, there's just so much sickness going around. I want to lift up our good friend, uh, Bishop Tyrone Seals tonight. You know, I know a lot of times we're so, um, we get so business-like and corporate, but I want to make sure that we reach out, touch and agree. And I need people that are watching, those that are listening, to realize that this is all about us. This is not about with Cheney and Corey D. Moody, but it's about all of us. It's about what we go through in life. And if we can't share uh, peaks and valleys, then what are we doing? So again, uh, I just want all of you to lift those particular people up. There are others. I know there are others. There's so much sickness that's going on, so much death and transition. Some people don't like to use the word death, but death and dying is transition. It's a part of life. With life comes death. But tonight we're so, it's so, uh, so privileged and honored to have uh, Corey D. Moody with us an expert CPA, a Morehouse grad, wonderful brother, a great family man. And, uh, you know, it's just amazing how we do it. Ladies and gentlemen, as we, as he comes on tonight, I want us to uh, just be in prayer. Let's be in prayer for he and his family. Let's be in prayer for all the others. And, and please just drop in the box if you want to. You can drop prayer requests and we'll close out on the end. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, it's not a sad thing. I just want to bring that to our attention. Uh, let us uh, go into what we need to go into now. Let's pause. Father, we thank you for this opportunity again. One more night of instruction, of engagement, of great anticipation as we come on tonight from households around the world. God, in two households around the world, we thank you for the opportunity. Those who are finally sharing their journey and saying that this is a blessing, has just been a blessing to our lives. We thank you for those that we have touched. Help us, oh God, to continue to touch lives and everywhere and bless now as we move into instruction in jesus name we pray amen without further ado ladies and gentlemen i'm so privileged my brother is on mr corey d moody certified public accountant certified valuation analyst thank you pastor cheney well as i say every wednesday is always a pleasure to be here and it really is and 
You know, I've had to kind of slow down these last few weeks, month and a half, you know, really just to kind of hear and listen. We kind of talked about it, you know, last week, you know, just kind of pay attention and listen. And it was so funny hearing Pastor Cheney just, you know, when he was bringing us on, just the things he was, he was saying, I was like, he must have been reading, you know, my notes or something. Because what I really want to talk about today is to kind of what we say, slow down. And I kind of touched on it yesterday, pay attention and, and listen. And, you know, if you've been following, you know, you know, we downsized our office uh, in February. And if you ever moved before, moving is probably the worst chore in the world. I don't know anything worse than moving. If you know, put it in the chat box so we can, you know, we can say, hey, look, somebody's saying this is worse than moving. But really, moving has to be the worst. And, you know, ironically, uh, we, we closed up my parents' house back in August of 2019 after both of them passed. And... You know, my mom was a historian, so she had a lot of stuff. And we had to decide what to keep, what to throw away, and all that. And, you know, when you come with from parents that have a bunch of stuff and a lot of history, you got to kind of make decisions on what to keep, what to get rid of. And, you know, so we kind of went through identified and once we kind of got everything, you know, we, we called 1-800-JUMP and they just came and got everything else that we didn't take out or, or box up. So fast forward, we're moving our office from downtown Atlanta over to Colony Square. And, you know, I'm thinking I'm really going to shut down. So, you know, my original intention was to shut down the office and just kind of, you know, move something else, you know, you know, cash out or whatever, and just be done. But God kind of got a hold to me, and, you know, it was like, slow down. Just slow down. And so instead of, when I came back February 7th, and for that week we were going to move out, ended up taking a whole month. But in this process, what happened was, miraculous to me and and my partner too because he made some comments you know he just couldn't believe how this was going is everything was just falling into place so you know we have you know, had an office of you know with, with 12 people 12 employees you know and had five offices you know fully furnished and you know, cubicles and a bunch of chairs, conference room, you know, a lot of stuff. And I didn't know how we was going to get rid of it. I, I said, let's call 1-800-JUMP, just like we did for my mom. And what we don't get rid of, people don't pick up, we just throw it away. So, you know, on the last day, what ended up happening was we started getting rid of the furniture. It was actually only two families that really got everything out of that office. And when I put the ad in Craigslist, 
He said, give it away. Don't try to charge, get $10, $100, just give it all away. I was like, you know, there's several thousand dollars worth of stuff, you know. I just had to listen and be obedient. And that stuff, within 24 hours, everything we had in there was gone. And my partner, Jack, said, I can't believe this is happening like this. This is a miracle. I just can't believe it. And we, I, just, I said, Jack, I don't get it either, but I'm just trying to be obedient and just slow down and listen. So now we move into this new office. And you know the new office was just to kind of house our file server, a couple of workstations, and you know really not go there much. Well, you know, we got everything moved and, you know, then, you know, you know, Jack called me, you know, that Monday and said, man, I think I'm going to be coming here a lot. I like it. You know, he liked the move, the, the internet speed. So one of the things that kind of happened, you know, we said, we, let's shut down because COVID has shown us we don't need, a, we don't need brick and mortar. So we can just house the the file server in someone's house and go from there, you know, we can save the rent and everything else. But what we realized by slowing down and listening and planning and understanding all the implications of our internet, because the internet speed at home is different than internet speed that you can get at a, on a business account. So when we realized that it was going to cost Two or three hundred dollars a month to put it in someone's house and still not have the speed it was like well hold on why don't we just downsize and let's see what happens when well, doing that we got faster internet we did not have to pay three hundred some dollars a month to have this internet speed we got office you know that we can work in when we need to go in i mean it just worked out perfectly the old office, everything was gone by Sunday. You know, it was clean. I mean, and we just don't remember how all of it just kind of came together. But I just remember just listening to what God was telling me, just being obedient. And, and, and not slowing down in my life, you know, has caused me to miss blessings. And it's not inherently we miss blessing or I miss blessing because I was doing something wrong. And I did my share of that, don't get me wrong. But these things that were going wrong at this particular time or things in my life wasn't because I was in a bad place. But I just wasn't listening. I had to slow down and understand what God wanted me to hear. And it took me, it's taken me 57 years to finally slow down. Finally slow down. And so I wouldn't be here today, sitting here as happy as I am about what transpired in February had I not slowed down and hearkened to the voice of the Lord. And so you know, I talk about track and field a lot because, you know, that's kind of my life. And, you know, I've been around the best 
not in the world, the best ever in, in, in the sport of track and field. And one of the things you learn in track and field is the recovery is just, if not more important than the workout itself. Because see, if you don't recover after a hard workout, your muscles can't rejuvenate, grow, and do what they need to do to get ready for the next day. And for those of us that's been in the, the gym and the weight room, you know, you, you always hear you lift every other day, right? Because you need that recovery day. Well, really understanding recovery, you know, in, in our life takes on so many different forms. And, you know, we've talked about assertions, you know, that there are different assertions. And we all have different assertions we have to apply in our life and different times in our life, even in the same situation. And so here I am, you know, you know, I flew to Chicago and I kind of got back on that hamster wheel, you know, um, to see my cousin, my grandson, then came back to Atlanta, get ready to shut it down for the week. It's like, slow down, recover. You've built 30 something years of us practice. You've been working, working, working. Let it breathe, recover. Let's see what happens. Because when you recover from a workout, so in track and field, what used to happen, let's say in March, we may start particular workouts. And let's say we're running you know, eight one tens with a minute recovery, you know, in 10 nine, with a, you know, with a minute recovery. We may start maybe at 11 two in March, but by the time we get to May and June, when we get to championship season, those same workouts, now are they 10 seven, 45 second recovery but your body can handle it. See, our bodies could not handle that workout in March, but we can handle that workout in May and June, first of all, because we were working, but also we were recovering. So I got to tell this story. So I ran track at Morehouse and I, you know, basketball was my sport that I really loved that I wanted to play in college at D1 offers and could have gone D1, but I chose track. So I didn't understand things about track and field. I remember my coach, Coach Cox said, you're a basketball player, you, you know, I'm, you're gonna be a quarter miler because you, know, you already got kind of speed and endurance from playing basketball, so we're gonna build on that. So he gave me a hard, it was a hard workout one day. And so the workout over, we rushed back to the cafeteria, eat, you know, because we always, you know, the cafeteria closed at six. So we had to hustle to get back before the doors closed because they, once they lock those doors, you don't eat. So I ate and I was like, you know, fellas was like, hey man, we're getting ready to play some, some basketball. I'm like, cool, you know, I love hooping, you know, I, I can roll. So playing basketball, I don't know if my coach saw me or someone told. 
But I remember the next day, he said, Herbie's playing basketball. I said, yeah. He said, didn't I tell you don't do nothing after track practice? I said, Coach, I was careful. I ain't, I'm not going to get hurt and all this other stuff. So I'm telling them that I'm okay. But that wasn't the point. See, what I didn't understand, me playing basketball wasn't allowing my legs, my body to recover, to come back the next day or the day after to do another specific workout. Because see, at some point, these workouts get very intense and very, you know, they have to be perfect. I mean, you you know, you can't overrun it. Like, you know, if, if we're supposed to be running 10, 900 meters, you know, and we go 10, 7, he's pissed. So it's faster. You should, he should be happy. No. Because running it faster, by the time we got to 7 and 8, body's gone. But if we would have been running 10, 9, now we can get that that seven and eight one in, the body breaks down the way it's supposed to. And so what I've been dealing with and really been tugging me hard is slowing down my mental and my spiritual life to kind of let it recover. Because there's a lot of things that God is saying to me. And so when I went to shut it down, and people may say, well, if you heard him, why did you, you know, you should have known that it wasn't going to happen. But see, what I'm realizing, what God does sometimes, he want to see if we're going to do what we said we're going to do. So once he saw our series about shutting down, he said, okay, slow down now. I got you. And then the blessings that came from it were had just been tremendous this, this last three, four weeks. This was been transpiring in my life. And so, again, you hear athletes, you know, you used to hear boxers, you know, they don't do, you know, but boxers, when they get ready for a fight, they go to the woods, to the wilderness, and train so they have no distractions. You know, same thing, you know, Track athletes, you know, they know when February rolls around, I got to stop some of my lifestyle stuff that I do when I'm not really competing or getting ready. You know, people been around me, they know when it's time to get ready for, for anything, Corey shuts it off. I'm done. I mean, I can stop doing whatever at the drop of a hat. And what I'm finding out, God wants us to take that time sometime just to listen to him, to recover. The recovery is just, if not more important than the workout, because if you don't recover, you can't even do the workouts. So now I'm slowing down my, my mind and, and really trusting. And that obedience better than sacrifice is coming stronger and stronger. Because my sacrifice was to give up my practice and say, okay, Lord, I got you. Just, you know, but he didn't, he couldn't have me if I wasn't on the path that I needed to be on. And I had to slow down to listen, to hear that. But what I also found out wasn't so much listening, but also have the faith to trust. 
because I've been such a analytical, you know, risk, you know, weighing risk to everything. But for every move, everything I've probably done in my life, I've always, I've always measured, is it worth it? Yeah, even those things that I got caught with my hand in a cookie jar, I weighed those risks. I knew that if I got caught, it, it was going to be hell to pay. But the risk was worth it. I weighed it. I was like, you know what? I'm doing it. So I always kind of felt like I was okay because I knew even if it was the worst that happened, I could handle it. And I always remember saying, you don't have to experience everything. You don't, you know, you don't have to, no one has to tell you that that oven is hot. Believe him sometimes. And I really had to start believing what God was telling me. That didn't seem like a sacrifice or religious. It couldn't have been God's obedience. And I think I told the story last week. You know, I was flying out on Wednesday, March 2nd to Las Vegas from Atlanta, closing down the office. And a guy called me who hadn't called me in years and said, brother, God told me three days ago to call you and I wasn't obedient. And he just kept talking and talking. And before we hung up and we prayed, I said, brother, you may not think you're obedient, but the call you made to me today was important because three years ago, this was the day my father passed. And there anniversary was that Saturday that was coming. So I said, you were obedient, but sometimes if it doesn't look real spiritual or we're sacrificing going to work, going to a Bible study at night or doing some stuff that maybe we shouldn't do. Maybe we should read the one ads, go hit the streets and go find a job or go back to school, or do something else. And I remember when I was in Spain, when, when I had that visitation, and I didn't know whether to run or not. And I remember somebody, when I got injured, somebody said, well, maybe you shouldn't run. I guess you shouldn't run. No, because doing that 300 meters, I was limping around the track, track God was confirming and telling me, son, job well done. So sometimes it doesn't always look the way it looks. And we talked about faith earlier. And what does it look like? And so there's a scripture that, you know, I guess when you when I first got saved, it was something that you always kind of you know, remember or you talked about. 
And it's faith. And we hear that faith's the action word. So I want to just read this couple of scriptures for you this evening. And I'm going to close it out. And it's Hebrews 11. And I'm going to jump around a little bit. And it's about faith. But I just kind of want to make this, you know, drive this home for me. Now, faith is the confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commanded, commanded for, commended for, I'm sorry. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. By faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offerings. Then I'm just going to pop down real quick to down to six. But without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him, seek him. By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the, to the, to the saving of his house, by which he commanded the work, condemned the world, and became heir of, of, of the righteous, which is by faith. By faith, Abraham went. Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive an inheritance, obey, and went, and he went out, not knowing whether it went. So you've got to understand, I got to make this decision not to close my office when my mind set up on it. And I'm making a righteous, in my mind, a, a sacrifice closing it down. Now I have to pause and listen. After I've, you know, told a few folks I'm closing it down, who now can say, you're not hearing or what? But I look at it now, he wanted to see how serious I was. Now my faith is, can I trust him through this process? Can I trust him through this process? I got my budget, got my cash flow. Now can I pay my tithes? Can I make a first fruits offering? Can I really put my faith in action? Can I trust paying these bills? I'm, it's gonna be there at the end of the month for me to make whatever happens need to happen. And so sometimes just to understand and, and get off our religious hat can be difficult. No matter how much preparation we do, or how much preparation I know I've done in my life, because I pretty much prepare for everything I do in my life. 
just that type of person. I keep hitting this thing, I'm sorry. That's just something I do. I can't help it. Now, really give it to him to say, I trust. It's not that I never, I didn't believe. I believe in God my whole life. More than most may even imagine. Or how I just used to think about, God, I just really want to please you. I've always wanted to hear that voice and know it was his. See, I can't prove any of this to anybody but myself and by my actions to God by my faith. So I got to prove it to myself that I truly have faith. And it's not just saying I believe in God. What does it really look like? So I'm going to pass this back over. I do want to thank you for tuning into the podcast. And I do want you to please check us out on Podbeam and other social media platforms. You know, it's important for us to know who we're, who we're reaching and, 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 you, and people to really participate. It helps us and gives us the strength. So I'm going to pass this over back to Pastor Cheney. Let him take us home. <clears throat> and Pastor, I love you. Thank you. And God bless. Man, I appreciate you. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, what an awesome message tonight about recovery. Uh, Hebrews 11, one of my favorite faith is, not was, not used to be, but faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. Sometimes, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we struggle because we can't see God move. But we need to understand, even in the midst of recovery, in the midst of what we are going through, God sees and he knows all. I love the fact that faith is the substance of things hoped for. Sometimes I, I wonder if he would just show me and give me everything then I wouldn't be able to work for some things. I wouldn't appreciate some things. So I just thank God. And I was telling um, uh, Mr. Moody early, Corey, before we got on that, man, I've, I've, I've stopped complaining and stopped being negative and I'm trying to be as positive as I can. I need you to do two things and then I'm gonna let you go. The first thing I need you to do, consider joining us through our Zoom. Please utilize the link on the page all social media platforms, Corey D. Moody, uh, uh, Renaissance Fellowship Inc., uh, D. Edward Cheney on all the social media. Please utilize the link Podbeam. Follow uh, Mr. Moody on Podbeam. And I'm telling you, I believe that blessings will come. Blessings are already here. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. The second thing I need you to do, consider first fruits, consider tithing, consider uh, investing and giving to the Renaissance Fellowship and or <clears throat> any entity you so desire, and we will make sure they get it. I don't have a problem. It's not about begging, but the Bible says, ask and it shall be given. Seek and ye shall find, knock, and the door will be open. So I'm asking you tonight to help us continue to build this podcast, this Wednesday check-in with Dia with Cheney and Cordy Moody, this financial series. Now, I know and I'm going to say this, and then I'm gone. Now, I know everybody's doing Bible study. I get that. 
but how many of us are really doing and providing adequate tools for the people in everyday life? Something that can help you right now, something that is practical, that can bless you and bless your family and bless your business and bless your home. So we thank God for you. And again, please join us next week with Wednesday Check-In with Dia with Cheney and Corey D. Moody.